0: Episode fourteen of the Coys R Us podcast. The whole gang is back. My name is Joel. I've also got Ben. I've also got Kimmy. I've also got Jesse, and we are back after another Spurs win this past weekend. Tottenham won, Wolverhampton nil, and. It was a little rough there at the beginning. It was one of those uh, knockdown drag out matches uh, that we seem to always have against Wolves. And it was going to be a little bit of a grubby game. And and even our predictions for this week suggested as much. Nobody really was jumping out there with uh, four or fives. I think we all kind of knew the game was going to be low scoring. So now that the game's in hand, we got our three points. Harry Kane, the Premier League legend, scores another goal. We'll get to him in a second. Um, but now that the game's in hand, we've got our three points and we can walk away. Um, what were your thoughts, Jesse, as you were actually watching the match?
1: Yeah, I had um, Jose flashback the first half. Just not a whole lot yeah. going on. Not a ton of positivity. Trying to get, like, you know what? I forget who, who kicked it. I'm assuming it was Perisic. But when when Kane had that, I think it was like that looping header. Um, that uh, they had to make a save on, like in the 46th minute of the first, or like that. I first think it might minute. have been a Kulisevsky pass, I'm not sure, but but yeah, that that one there towards the end, like right as the clock was about to hit a, a minute of extra. Um, and that was it, like just oh, let's hope a moment of magic happens. So it was super frustrating and just not an attractive, uh, attractive half. So, um, it was, I think the difference though, obviously, the big one of the big differences in the Mourinho era was like then that would happen again for another 45 minutes, and you might just get lucky, or else you're gonna lose. Um, it's nice to see when we have been bad in first halves this year and, and, and the last or half in last year that Conte figures it out at the half, or at least try something different. And, um, this is always, the wolves always play us tough. This is always going to be like a one goal game. Um, I think if we really were rational about it, we got a little hyped up. I think myself included on the last one, but like wolves are tough to play against. And I was, I was impressed. Like it was not an attractive one Oh, um, um, Chelsea wasn't attractive for a lot of stretches either, and that was a draw on the road. But, like, that's what you got to do to be a really good team is get results when you're not looking great for a half or more. And so I was glad to see this team do that.
0: You came out like gangbusters at the beginning of the season with that huge win against Southampton, and then we had a really ugly draw against Chelsea, a really ugly win against Wolves. Um, ben, is there a reason for concern, or is this just – three points in two matches and put it behind us or rather four points in two matches.
2: Uh, I would say too small of a sample size at this point. Um, Definitely not very convincing first half. It was encouraging to see like Jesse, like you were saying that we did turn things around in the second half. Seemed like Conte really just fired them up more than anything was more intensity. They started pressing a little bit higher again, probably moving the ball a little bit more quickly. I don't. This is another one where I don't. I can't even explain exactly why the first half went the way it did. We just look lethargic, I guess, a little sluggish, second to every ball. Um, so I, I wouldn't say I'm worried yet, um, but I would say that I'd like to see us take it to you know mid table and lower table uh, teams a little bit more, <laughs> like not have to rely on. Uh, waiting until they tire in the second half and our fitness takes over. That might be part of it too, is that you do see that we do not tire towards the end of games. Um, The other, I guess, uh, if you want to say uh, cause for optimism is that I believe that last year in these same three games, we took zero points. So that's seven points on the board that we didn't have last year. It's the beginning of the year. I feel like we always start slow. Usually Kane starts slow. At least he's already got a couple. Um, So overall, I would say Let's wait and see. I'm definitely not discouraged yet, but I'm not very encouraged, if that makes sense.
0: Wait and see. All right. Uh, don't forget Kane's winning the golden boot yet this year. I mean, don't, don't, don't forget that that was my bold prediction, and I'm sticking to it. Um, I don't know about 30, but I'm sticking to that as well. We still got plenty of games left, so 30 still on the board. I see a few more braces in his future. Um, on the other hand, uh, Mr. Golden Boot from last season – uh, one, Hyungmin Sun, has has not really come off with uh, much of anything lately. Uh, there's a lot of Spurs fans that are ready for Richarlison Richarlison's to start this weekend. Um, Sun seems off the pace, uh, not just the, the fact that he isn't scoring, but uh, his touch seems to be a little bit heavy. Some of the runs that he's making, so those seem to be connecting in the same way. Um, and it's a little odd because y- you usually see like you said, Harry starts the season off a little bit slow and then he'll kind of come on as the season progresses, especially last year where he missed training camp and and he was kind of playing himself back in form in the middle of the season. Uh, we see him fully fit um, after the barf session in Korea. Uh, he's kind of like, he looks ready to go. I think there's there's kind of like this, this weird duality happening uh, amongst the team in terms of like the guys that are Really ready and the guys that are not. Of course, at the end of the day, it's seven points in three matches. Uh, we can't complain too much. When you're looking at the other players, uh, specifically, we'll talk about Sun and Kulisevsky. What are you noticing? Uh, Kim, like what are you seeing from them that may be a little bit off or maybe is encouraging, even if the if the numbers aren't necessarily there?
3: So I think with Sun, um, like you said, his touches just a little off. Um, I just think with the competition we have, like guys are should not be promised places because of who they are. They should be promised places based on how they perform. So I would like to see Richarlison start next game. Um, Not because I don't like son. I just think maybe he needs some time to think about how he's been playing and to play better. I mean, he's got
1: to start. They got to split him on Wednesday, Saturday, Wednesday game, right? So yeah, that's, Richarlison's that's the definitely other thing. getting one. So it depends on when Sonny comes off as a sub, you know?
3: And and you've seen Son substituted. I think he's been substituted by Richarlison in the games that he's been available as well. So it's the other thing where Conte has seen the other guy, guys performing a little well, better than Son. So yeah, I'm not saying we'll see it next game, but I do expect Richarlison probably to start in one of the three games that we have in the next week. Um, Kulisevsky? didn't play especially well against Chelsea, but in the last game, a lot of what he did was really, really good. He ended up taking up super, super wide positions as opposed to Emerson. Emerson was more, to me, playing like a a right-side midfielder at times where he was taking up some more positions inside. And Kulisevsky, in the first half, obviously the whole team wasn't firing, but in the second half, to me, he was a bright spot where he was finding himself getting fouled. Uh, he was cutting in from the right side to the left, whipping in crosses. These some of those things just didn't turn into goals, but they were good crosses. Um, I mean, I think that I think it was like the Kane header that ended up on the bar um, in the second half was a Kulusevski cross. So he, to me, he's been playing well. He tracks back well. I I don't see too much wrong with how he's been playing. I think Chelsea did a good job at nullifying him, but I think against most teams he'll be pretty effective and like i say in this game it's just guys didn't finish the chances that he sort of set up for them so um i think in general our team is is good uh we just don't start well and i think that has been something that's carried over from last year we had situations last year where we looked at our first half and was like this is not working um we said that against villa uh we it Sometimes it ended up being the whole match against Brentford and Brighton, but I think in a game like yesterday, um, we showed that we have quality and guys like Perisic and guys like Kulusevski can make things happen when they get the ball in in time and space. And as Wolves tired and we didn't, um, we saw some some better things. So I think Conte just has not an, an idea about how he wants the team to play. He seems to feel out the first half and then make some... And he didn't really make too many tactical tweaks in the second half. He, I think he just probably told the guys, like, you're not intense enough. <laughs> you're not getting to the ball. Press up 10 yards higher. And I think he likes to start in a mid-block. But you see by the end of the game, the team was pressing a little higher. Um, and when Ruma Charleston came in especially, um, he just made stuff happen. So I'm not too worried about it. I think we can obviously play better when we have other players to come in who might change the way we play might do stuff a little better, but I think in general, the team has been decent and to get seven points that we didn't get last year, I think is an improvement. Um, And the mentality to me has been decent as well. So I'm not disappointed at all.
0: Yeah. I just want to piggyback on a couple of points that you made there. First of all, uh, you talked a little bit about Emerson and Kulisevsky on on the right side. Um, It felt like in the first half, the right side was where our offense was going to die yeah. Um, every, every time uh, we tried to push on the left, things were developing at least somewhat. Parasich was amazing. We'll get to him in a second as well. But Emerson really could not get anything going. It seemed like Wolves were just shutting him down pretty immediately. Also, some of the decision making in the final third, which we've seen from him before. It wasn't anything new, uh, but it's still frustrating when you're watching the game. You feel like the the pass is coming a little bit too late, or when he could take a guy on, he hesitates and and waits for help to come. And some of that hesitation that we saw a lot from him in the wingback position last season, which it looked like he was building a little bit more confidence and setting some of those crosses in, specifically towards the end of last season, it seemed like he was kind of regressing a bit um, this past weekend against Wolves. That was a little concerning. In the second half, it seemed like there was direction for Kulusevski to kind of push up and play in more of that wingback spot on offense, which allowed Emerson to, to push in a little bit so that he wasn't being forced to play in a role that he's less comfortable. I guess my big concern is, is why is he becoming more uncomfortable again when it seemed like he was kind of getting rid of some of that? Um, so I, I'm, I'm a little concerned about that. Um, With that said, like he does seem to be a pretty solidified part of our rotation at this point, Um, particularly now with Regulon on the way out who actually, well, he played on the left anyway, Uh, but we haven't seen much of Doherty this year yet. Spence does not seem ready. And so it looks like we're going to be getting Royale for the foreseeable future. Um, And I I just hope that this was a one-time thing and, that he's gonna continue to kick on moving
1: forward. I mean, that's the thing yeah, too about Doc though. He was really good and then he got hurt. So, like, what's he not showing? Is he not fully physically recovered or whatever? Um, that that Emerson's been still been the choice again. I think because we'll have the little bit of first bit of schedule congestion this week, we'll get to see Doc and, and Emerson in back to back games probably.
2: Yeah, now, I've been surprised that we haven't seen Doc at all. Because I mean, we know Conte likes to sub his wing backs. That was supposed to be the thing. That would be his first two subs, right? It'd be the wing backs. Yeah. And em- Emerson is like, he's like a high volume shooter, but for crosses, he's like <laughs> that guy that that has like a super low xG, um, but he takes enough shots that some of them come off. Except for yeah, just for crosses, where Par- maybe Parisage can teach him. I don't know. <laughs> like it, it just seems like he could just use it. I don't know if it's a concentration thing, if it's a technique thing. If it's, I don't know, because uh, there was the one pass where Conte, you know, went nuts when he had to get past it behind everybody. Um, oh
1: yeah, it, it just like, like seem- that one. He was like, "This is supposed <laughs> to go at the six-yard box." Forget like where anyone is. This is supposed right. to be the six yard box. That's a good pass, right? Not half, buddy. So
2: was it a bad? Was that a mental mistake? or Was that a physical mistake? Is the question? I can't tell with him if it's a mental or physical thing. So I, I don't. You can see that Conte thinks that there might still be something there, considering because I don't know what Reggie did that wrong to get. He somehow got lumped in the group with like Ndombélé and lacelso almost, whereas uh, Emerson's fine. Worse, I thought it just was that you know. Reggie didn't quite fit the game plan and I didn't think Emerson would either. So I don't, you can see there that for some reason, he doesn't really trust or like Reggie all that much, but he seems to think he can make something out of Emerson.
0: At least that's what it looks like. I, I have a hard time understanding it, but we'll see. There's a couple of things there. I mean, I think for one, Regulon, his profile is one that you would assume would be perfect for the wingback position. Like just, his his the way that he plays his pace his just everything about the way that he plays on that left side it felt like you know he'd probably be better as a wingback than as a left back um, even when he was playing on the Jose I think the issue with him is kind of similar to the fact of of Emerson where like the crosses weren't always there he didn't have a ton of assists or goals with all the minutes that he played and it felt like pace for pace's sake but it didn't really have that that finishing product, um, which sounds a lot like uh, Traore, who who plays for Wolves, actually. Um, We're like, you, you see a lot of potential, but that finishing product isn't really there. I think the one difference is that Emerson is a is a solid defender where Reggie wasn't really that great defensively either. So then it's like, well, the, he's not scoring. He's not sending in assists and he's not a great defender. Then What it
1: is. What would it is you say you do here? Right, on?
0: Yeah. Yeah. I think that's really what it is. It's like he had the profile to be really good in that position, but we just didn't really see a ton of evidence that, that, that that was there. And I think, you know, whatever he was showing in training probably wasn't enough either. I think your point about Emerson's
2: defense is probably a good one also though, because that offers us a really good option, especially in the games we're playing like the top six teams, right. Is where you can maybe play a little bit more on the defense where Emerson can still get forward a little bit if there does happen to be space, but that you can really play either with a, back five, you know, true back five or uh, uh, more of a back four there. So I don't know. I, I think that, that that probably is a big part is the contact trust in Emerson's defense and that gives him the leg up. So maybe eventually we'll see more of, uh, you know, Doherty and, and hopefully eventually Spence this year uh, where in the games against some of these lower table teams where we hope to dominate possession a little bit more and find more space or get behind more to, to open them up that we'll see Spence or Doherty get in there and then some of these uh tighter games that's where you would have
0: emerson there to you know tighten up the defense a little bit more i mean the other point that kim made about sun i also wanted to touch on because i know we talked last week about sun and kane not really playing well do we want to leave them in do we want to take them out and then of course kane gets that header that 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 earns us a point at the end of the match um and so i I, i'm curious to know what you guys think about that, because on the one hand, it's like, Hey, even if you're a star, if you're not playing well, you should, you should probably sit down for a while. Um, on the other hand, when you're having a hard time scoring or when the team's not really showing up, sometimes it takes that superstar, just having one brilliant moment that ends up being the difference between three points or zero points. Um, so I I don't know. I'm a little on the fence. I think with us having two games in the next week, it makes sense for a son not to start both of them, but if it was just one game, like, I don't, I don't know. I don't know if I would bench son um, based on the last two matches.
2: Yeah. I mean, we had the same
0: problem with him last year, and I feel like
2: people were calling for him to be benched and he ended up. And he does pretty, this every year. He's there. always He's a tricky player. I mean, almost all forwards are to be fair, you know, especially wingers, especially wide forwards. So I'm not too worried about him. I wouldn't be. I would definitely not be benching him if it was oh, one game yet. I still do think that uh, one game a week that, that is, I, I still do think though that we should start rotating and especially when we do have multiple games a week. So I think it's the perfect opportunity to do that. Um, it's, I guess, son's misfortune that our highest, you know, our, our high dollar signing of the summer plays in his position for the most part. And his other position would be Kane, who is the only player on the team that is less droppable than he is. So, I mean, it, it's a little bit of bad luck there, but like I said, we, we do need to rotate. Maybe they can, I, I don't know. Maybe we will actually see rotations where you'll see, um, you know, Sun potentially on the right with, uh, with, um, <clears throat> you know, uh, with, with, with Kulu on the bench. And I, I don't know exactly what different formations you could have there. And obviously we played with four up top for a little while, but you could see some interesting things. Uh, one thing I would say just about going back to the header really quickly, because that's two games in a row now we've been saved by an offensive set piece, you know, right after hiring a offensive set piece coach this past summer. It's maybe, again, too small sample size to say it's already paying dividends. But Oh, no, to, I don't think it out. is. Yeah. <laughs> it, did, it did not seem like a mistake there that that Kane got free like that, you know?
3: No. And I want to say there was a corner that happened in the first half. I think it was at like minute 36 and the defender actually headed it on. And Harry Kane was right there at the same spot that he was when he got that goal. So that's not something so that, ta- that made me attack that it was, in the back post, that it was something that he's like, yeah, attack the back post on a head, like on a set piece, because you never know who's going to head it up. Like people get, you know, corner comes in a flick happens it could be offense defense and you just find yourself in the right place it's a goal so I just I think that's definitely something that they're pushing and putting Kane in the same spot showed me that that was something that they probably worked on um so I'm I'm happy to see that because that's the kind of thing that we just never we didn't do enough last year um in terms of our set pieces so it's good to see
1: uh yeah I actually saw a stat on Twitter Today that um, we had a, we had scored eleven goals from set pieces last year, all last year, and uh, and this year obviously three and three. I'm I'm honestly a little bit upset. My my Kulosevsky third jersey just shipped. I wish I could go back and, and order Vo instead. To be honest, <laughs> well, it's, <laughs> it's a the funny same jersey I got by the way. Yeah, the cool. Well, I mean, it's, like it's gonna be like how OG was the- goal was so good for us last <laughs> year. Vo is gonna have like a dozen goals this year
3: easy i mean he calls himself like so, that yeah. was his name as his thesis was the 15 goal striker yeah so like i'm definitely like i can see that i can see us maybe getting more than that like if we got 20 i would not be surprised that would be like i mean one every two Other, or so games yeah.
1: yeah i mean what yeah. was your stat chessie it was 11 and 38 last year and it was uh three for three this year
2: yeah, so if we're on pace to score 38 goals
0: in the Premier League this season. We're set pieces.
2: <laughs> Don't know if we'll quite clear
0: that, but. Yeah, I mean, uh, uh, there was a Kulisevsky postgame inter- interview where they were asking about the piece Coast, and, and he was absolutely beaming about Vio and saying, you know, we feel like we should be he should be getting a raise already because he, <laughs> he's, he's already. And Kulusevski is actually has this sense of humor that I think nobody actually knew that he had. Um, but yeah, yeah, I mean, it, it's it, it it is it is one of those things where it's like this guy's already earning his paycheck, and it's still August. So who 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 knows how how much how many more goals we can score from set pieces with that? And I, I think it's it's all the more of a big deal now because when we look at the past couple of years, we have been absolutely awful. Um, every time we got a corner, it just felt like a waste of time. Like, let's just take the corner and then we'll recycle the ball and then maybe we can get a goal somewhere else. But it never felt like anything was going to happen. And, and now there's post, like
2: so many short corners. That was like, oh, the big yeah. Thing then, right? Oh, yeah.
0: Yeah. I mean, this is for years now. And so finally, it feels like we're actually making something out of those set pieces, which is nice. Um, and on the corner kick that, that we scored, the kick came in short. And headed up by who else but Perisic, who is our man of the match this this week, um, Kim? What did you see from him that just was amazing? There's a lot there, uh, <laughs> two, two assists in one start and two bench appearances. He has 111 minutes, which is just a little bit more than a full 90, and he's already got two assists for us. Um, he brings in so much experience and just veteran savvy, but also he's really good at football. Um, what is it that you're seeing from him that, that we didn't have before we signed him?
3: It's just his quality on delivery. Like it, you give him any space and the ball might be about to touch the touch line. And he's going to find a way to whip that into a space where somebody might get on. It. And I think that's what he brought. The only thing I was disappointed, I'm going to say this he drove into the box towards the end of the game. And he had so much space and he decided to pass instead of shoot. And I'm like, Bro, Conte was furious like, about that one too. Like shoot. Like you have a wand of a right and a left foot and you have that much space. You like, to me, I was like, that's the perfect, that'd have been the perfect like announcement for him to say like, yeah, I'm really here in the premier league is to have whipped that into the right corner. But in general, like his play has just been outstanding. Um, I did see when Traore came on. Conte was like all right this is not the t- <laughs> it's probably time to get him off um, but in general I just have been very impressed like I say in just the quality of his delivery it's just phenomenal
0: yeah and you kind of feel bad for Seth after he had that great first game and he finally scores a, a Premier League goal for Spurs after so many years of just annoying injuries and, and never really feeling like he was coming on the pace and then he had a rough match against Chelsea he gets benched against wolves and now you're wondering mm, when is when is he going to get another start because uh, parisić is obviously a much better player than him sesseñyan is looking good he's healthy for for once uh, it's nice to still see him come in and, and put in 20 minutes off the bench and i think with he looked us good when having came on too I yeah mean, yeah, yeah, yeah yeah for sure I also think with us having five subs a game this year, um, players are just going to have more opportunities that they didn't have before. So I think guys like him and Doherty and, and Bissouma and, and Poibier and all these guys that might have been either in or out in previous years are going to all kind of get an opportunity to get some playing time, whether they're starting or not. Richarlison's another one as well. So, as we think about this game, we obviously talk about Perisic, but no game is complete without us spending some time gushing over Harry Kane. Absolute Premier League legend. Just a few stats to talk about his header goal that he had against Wolves. It makes him the number one leader in Premier League goals scored for a single club with 185. He's now fourth all time for Premier League scoring, and he's only two behind Andrew Cole, who's at 187. So that's probably only two more matches before he's in in third place. He's the all time Premier Goals leader for Spurs. Um, He also scored Tottenham's 1000th Premier League goal, um, which was a nice, interesting Number Round number and then also his 250th goal for Spurs in all competitions. Um, I feel like we already did this last week. But I, I also feel like we can't talk about this guy enough. It's, it seems like one of those things where everybody knows how good he is, but it still feels like he doesn't really get talked about as much as you'd think he should. I know the trophy thing is what is was hanging over his head. I know that's the only thing separating him from all of the other greats, but he's still an all-time great. Like, I, it, it is a little frustrating for me as a Spurs fan um, to see that he doesn't always feel like he's getting the publicity that someone like a De Bruyne gets, um, even though for my money, he's just as good as De Bruyne. Um, I also feel like as an England player, I mean, some of these statistics, even as the World Cup is coming up this year, I mean, he's only three goals off the most goals scored for England um, as well. Um, he already has the most competitive goals scored for the England men's team. So, like, he's one of their best players as well. And it also feels like English football fans don't really rate him. Um, it's very, it's very strange to me. And I know I don't live in England, so maybe there's something about it that I'm missing. Um, is it just an anti-Spurs bias? Is it because he talks funny? Like I, what is this about?
2: Might be a little bit of everything, like a little bit, because like you said, there, we do seem to be a team that other fans don't really love, especially fans in London. Um, he's not a super like splashy player. What he does isn't, you know, he's not dribbling around making acrobatic plays all the time. He has some nice, you know, some nice, nice world. He's some nice goals, obviously. And some but nice assists. Yeah, yeah. Very nice assist. Yeah. I mean, he, he's just, I think it's that. And then uh, like you were saying earlier, he doesn't quite get the amount of coverage because of uh lack of, you know, other than the one Pochettino year going to the champions league final, He's not playing in super high leverage games that everybody's watching, and, and he didn't even play in that, right? He was out for the Champions League run. He nice. started in the Champions he's, League. He started the final in the final, but
1: yeah. semis.
2: Right, yeah, he was he was out for the run up to it. Um, yeah. He's had the injury problems, I guess, but at the same time, I also do think he gets plenty of coverage. Uh, he, I don't think he gets gushed over in the same way that, say, Messi does. I think he probably gets just as much good coverage, though, as De Bruyne. You know, I feel like they, you hear commentators and stuff like that talking glowingly about Kane all the time. Um, like I said, I don't think he gets quite as much as like Ronaldo or Messi or yeah. those, um, but, you know, he has Well, he's not on that in, level. Ex, he's, yeah, I mean, he might be, except that if he was playing on a team that was, if he was playing on a team that was always in the Champions League semifinals, he actually might be on that level. It's hard to say.
0: Yeah, that's a good um, point.
2: But... Also, again, he's just his style of play is while it's really smooth, it's really skilled. It's not quite as flashy. I think that that, that plays some part of it too.
0: Yeah, I think that is a good point. Like he's he's almost robotic, um, and not that not that he moves. It really is kind of like Tom Brady, right? The Tom yeah, Brady, versus yeah, like, yeah, 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 yeah. That is a very good comparison. Like watching Kane, it just feels like this is a really well trained, well oiled machine. Who's gonna score goals? He's gonna get assists. He's gonna, he's gonna finish all his penalties. He's gonna play the back post and head head balls in. Um, but he doesn't have that like splashiness that like a Kulisevsky has or or some of the other players like. And Monson. he doesn't have a. He doesn't yeah. have a
2: big personality and no, yeah he does yeah. he does talk a little bit funny which you know I'm not going to hold that
1: against him but <laughs> he's never he's had a exact... good Premier League haircut that's what's been holding him back in <laughs> a superstar. It's not he's... super marketable, you know. Yeah. 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 He's just had the most normal like just Tw- Mid twenties, white dude, accountant, like haircut <laughs> for years, and he's been great. And you, you he had the like mask that. for a while. That was good. the mask was hot. Like but he's never done, had like a, a sick hard part or a, a weird ponytail, or he doesn't have he's <laughs> not a ginger. You know, he doesn't have the flop like Sunny. Like if he tried something, he's not going bald early <laughs> like Rooney. He has literally nothing notable about his hair.
0: He's got to get that. Uh, he's got to get one of those Mohawks that Eric Dyer had.
1: Yeah, I mean, I think I I put this in the chat on the weekend, like Spurs, I'm pretty sure lead the <laughs> league in yellow tops with Sanchez has some sprinkles, Richarlison, very yellow, Sass yellow, and then um, Emerson, Emerson. Like Emerson. I was so, mixing up Emerson and Richarlison for a minute. I was like, why is Emerson? Oh, wait, wait, wait. No, that's yeah, a- <laughs> and like then, you know, maybe, hey, let's sign Jossie Zardes as a backup. He's a big... He's a oh, long time no. yellow no. topper. No, obviously mm-hmm. I'm kidding. <laughs> um, But uh Kane maybe needs to go oppo and go like dark, dark stripe on the top just to get people talking.
3: I really just think he's just like, he's a regular guy. Like he loves his wife, loves his kids, probably just likes to spend a lot of time at home and loves football. And, and murder hard. goalkeepers. Like, <laughs> that's it. Two favorite just, things. Thing, he's he's funda- he's like a fundamentally sound. Player. He's probably a
0: pretty boring person.
1: Just a like guess. Like
2: Tim
0: Tim Duncan. Like oh yeah yeah for sure. <laughs> I mean
2: he
3: definitely you
0: know, strikes me as a boring. He person. eats the he same golf. like
2: three meals all the time. Like he yeah, it doesn't rotate. It's just like chicken fingers and fries with ketchup, you know, and no ketchup. <laughs> <laughs> no, the cat's true. Conte no ketchup. Sorry, yeah, well, he just eats fries plain now. I, it's, I don't even it's, know. It's, what they, it's a
0: grilled chicken breast with, with broccoli oil, on the oil side.
2: Oil I chicken, mean, man. I
3: saw him eating pizza on video. So <laughs> need something.
0: Yeah, that was probably under Jose when everybody was out of shape.
3: Nah, man, that was just a few weeks ago. He, you guys didn't see that rating video of him. Uh Dyer and uh with uh that was the probably shittiest like person cauliflower in the world
2: crust <laughs> and uh <laughs> yeah, vegan cheese.
3: <laughs> oh man, they, they were eating real life pizza with the shittiest person in the world.
0: Um uh, all right. Well Harry Kane, you're still an absolute legend, even if you're a boring guy. Uh, we'll continue to sing your praises. Just keep scoring those goals and, and get us that golden boot. We know that he's won what, three now, so. Uh, he'll be right up to four, which will actually tie the record for most uh, Premier League Golden Boot awards if he gets his fourth. So I know this is obviously the Khoys R Us podcast. This is a Spurs podcast. We can be reached on Twitter at Khoys R Us podcast. Uh, my name is Joel. I can be reached at Vernon underscore Virgo. Kim is at I am Kimmy's and Jesse's at Jesse Giorzi G-H-I-O-R-Z-I. And again, this is obviously a Spurs podcast, but I wanted to take a little moment just to talk a little bit about what the field looks like, because there's been some crazy stuff going on in the Premier League in the first three weeks. Um, We're recording this on Monday right after United won their first game, beating Liverpool, who is now on two points after three matches. Um, City drew against Newcastle. Chelsea got absolutely battered by Leeds. Arsenal hasn't lost a match yet. Um, and then you have teams like Leeds and, and Brighton that are coming out of nowhere and, and scoring goals. And, and they're in the top four, I think, right now. It's obviously very early. It's still August. Um, but just looking around the league, does any of that affect uh, what how you feel about where we stand? Um, when you're looking at some of these other teams, I don't know how much you guys watch uh, the other teams around the league, but. Are you getting a sense that we're better than most of the teams? That we're somewhere in the middle. Is there anyone that that concerns you? Um, and just where do you think we fit into the field right now?
1: Yeah, I mean, it's early, right? Three games, but Leeds aka Leeds United States of America. There we um, go. With the boy Brendan Aronson and Tyler Adams and Jesse Marsh, my namesake at the helm. So happy for them. I don't imagine they're keeping it up for the whole year, but they're they're exciting, but they also seem like historically pretty leaky. Um, yeah, Liverpool, I thought that was a get right game for one of those two teams, and I thought a get right for United would have been like a gritty draw, and they went out and yeah. won.
0: So that's and they and they look pretty dominant too. Yeah,
1: yeah I mean, I don't know when it can end, they've been refreshing. But Liverpool, like that's they have not not gotten off to the start this year. But yeah, I think we feel I feel good. Like I, I think that again, super early, but I think absolutely in the right now. Competing potentially for second, like, you know, second through fourth, like, like, but comfortably in there is how I feel like we've we've been so far. I haven't looked the best, but like we've had some nice peaks and outside of city, the other top teams have been much shakier than us, except Arsenal. But I figured this was going to happen. Like, I think I mentioned that before, like Arsenal had a cake schedule to start the season. They're going to be five and zero or five and one or something like that. Heading into Labor Day, and it's going to be like, oh my god, wow, the Gunners are going to to good start, and they are, but they've they've just been taking out the trash all year, um, and like that's they're going to be favored in the next three games too. So yeah, I can't really rate them well, good or bad. At least they're responsibly taking out bad teams, which <laughs> they couldn't do at the end of last year. Um, but yeah, so we'll see about them. But yeah, I feel like we're definitely in the mix for not not going to be at city's level, but maybe Liverpool fell off.
2: Yeah. It looks like a uh, city is likely to run away with this thing. I mean, who knows? Uh, we saw what happened last year. They, they started off with an early lead I believe and, and, you know, Liverpool kept whittling it down, but couldn't, couldn't quite do enough. Um, Chelsea started off looking really good last year and, and then just kind of came back down and, and we almost caught them at the end. I think it's obviously good for us when there's more chaos around the league because we've been known to go through periods of chaos ourselves. Um, so, and it's always just fun to see, to be honest. It's always fun to see any kind of uh weird results in general, but uh I guess the ones this past weekend were only halfway fun to see because it's not like it's it's fun to see Liverpool lose, but not so much to United. It's fun to see City be tested. But not quite so much by Newcastle since they're like the new city, basically. Yeah, <laughs> but... the oil bowl. That's what that one was will call that <laughs> exactly. one in the future. The oil bowl. <laughs> exactly. Oh, it was very like the Chelsea one was really surprised. Chelsea's looked like shit in two of their three games. They just happen to look pretty good against us. I mean, is isn't not that, isn't that what happened
0: last game. season too? We're
2: Dr. Tottenham against Chelsea for sure, right? Yeah. Um, yeah, the uh <laughs> the the Leeds Chelsea result was probably my favorite one. Uh just because of the the David and Goliath aspect. And like you said, leads are just fun to watch, uh, you know. <laughs> and then, uh, Jesse, you were alluding to all the uh, American connections there, especially an American coach. And it's fun to see that it's an attacking American coach rather than some of the ones we've had on, say, the U.S. men's national team over the last few years. The Bob Bradley or somebody like that wasn't the first American right. uh, coach to, to, to go over there. Um, but, yeah, no, it's like I said, I, I think the, the more turmoil works out better for us, i i think that you guys are probably right depending on what happens with liverpool let's uh we'll give it a little bit more time to see if liverpool can write the ship because it does i mean how many games becomes a trend right um but it's a long season there's ups and downs who, who knows overall i know kind of all over the place here but um the end result being that i yeah i think that it's going to be tough to actually go for a premier League title this year unless just it goes nuts um but I really do think that we're we're very much in that top like two to four to five hopefully not five or six but in that range depending on what else happens with other teams I want to see if United get right that's the
0: one of the more interesting things to me yeah for sure they seem to be the most variable team out there um and and I feel like the Premier League season is so long that it kind of has these it's almost like a bunch of little different seasons within itself right like you have like that first Very much, run yeah. of games right before the international break. We're going to get a big break in the middle of uh, November this year with the World Cup. And then you kind of have like another run when there's that string of games during uh, the holidays, when you have like two games a week for three weeks, uh, you know, right going into that boxing day. And then there's there's like another season at the end of the year uh, when you're looking at April and May when teams are kind of starting to get settled and the points feel like they matter more. But but the reality is um, a a draw against Chelsea in August means just as much um, as a game that we will play at the end of the year. And so, um, you know, I I think games like these will ultimately matter because of that big break in the season. I think it's going to be really wonky. Um, us being able to get that draw away at Chelsea, um, you know, Liverpool drawing to Fulham and and like some of these weird things that are happening now. Yeah, it's early, but I do think that they are going to matter at the end of the year. Um, and so I think we're going to obviously do this a number more times before the end of the season. But but just looking at where we are now um, and, and we've talked a lot in previous seasons about the Tottenham Triangle and and the three sides of starting to believe getting your hopes up and getting disappointed. Um, we haven't been disappointed uh, surprisingly for a while now. I don't, I don't think since, uh, probably like April of last season, we've been on a nice run. I believe it's now nine straight premier league matches without a loss. Um, so where are we on the triangle right now? I I think for me, I think I'm still believing I'm still in the, in the kind of, uh, I'm starting to believe again. Um, my hopes might not necessarily be up. I think I'm a little still I still need to see a few more things in terms of like offensive production. And I think just coming out on the on the good foot, it still feels like we're working our way into games. And I'd like to see us come out ready um, before I could say my hopes are officially up. But I'd say right now I'm 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 believing. I'm a hopes up
1: guy. I feel. Um, no, that's pretty obvious. Wow. Huge uh, Shocker. <laughs> Again, like I'm finding the optimism in the in the not looking great, you know, for um, you know, looking like terrific in the last couple of games after having such a stupendous start with uh, Southampton. Is it like you've got to win ugly, you've got to get draws in the road against top teams, especially ones that have dominated you for freaking three years. Like so uh haven't looked good, but have, have done enough. Like, you know, sometimes like you know. Like the same thing in, in a lot of sports, the best teams can win ugly and get results ugly. And like that's stuff that we did sometimes in the poach era, but not not we didn't look ugly that often in the poach era. So but like we didn't win ugly really a lot in my lifetime as a as a Spurs fan. And like oh no, we um, lose pretty. Yeah. So like having you know, having some of the like thinking back to t- teams that have done great things in my life, which is that I followed which is normally gonna be my high school Yankees career. Um, or my career as a, as a Yankees fan in high school, is, like, those teams, like, they beat the piss out of teams sometimes, but they also, like, grinded out wins. And, and like, that's what the best team do, and that's nice to see that we can do that. So hopes are up. Yeah, I would agree with that. Um, it's good to see – I mean, we already talked
2: earlier, but the set pieces are something that gives me a little bit of extra um, – you know, positive energy is just the feeling that we could, it's basically, it increases our percentage our, our chance of finding that goal right at the, right at the end of the game. You know, they, those set pieces become so important in the last 10, 15 minutes, as we've seen in just the last couple games. But I think we'll see that a lot over the season and then just seeing our defenses look pretty stout. I mean, I know we get, we get that. It was a kind of a freak goal to War Prowse. Um, there was a set piece uh defender with a thunderbolt strike on a set piece uh, the the one goal that chelsea had we looked all out of sorts on but that was also a very strange part of the game where ever somehow like our entire team was on the left flank except for ben davies um or sorry on the right flank on chelsea's left um and then yesterday we looked stout. I mean, I don't remember wolves troubling us all that much. It, it, it'd be nice if we were just dominating possession and dominating shots and expected goals and everything. But I think that there's quite a bit of positive, uh, you know, positivity to take from the, the performances. Hopefully things will start to click even more. Um, and we will see, you know, a, a little bit more dominance and, and just be more fun to watch, to be honest. That's what I want out of it at this point. Beyond, uh, Obviously, I love love getting the points, but I, I would love it to be really fun to watch as m- many games as possible. And uh, a big part of that is to impose yourself on some of the mid and, and lower table teams. So um, I would still say I'm, I'm at the top of the triangle because there's nothing we've shown so far to dissuade me from that. Yeah, top boys. <laughs> yeah. But uh, let's just keep pushing it forward and and hopefully we can get the the top of the triangle with a uh, even more positive kind of, you know, mindset in terms of, um, like I said, just imposing ourselves on on teams that are lesser than us.
3: Yeah, I'm I'm very similar to all you guys. And to me, it's really just what I want to see from the team is just being intense from the start of the game, because I feel like we like you said, we feel ourselves into the game instead of just being in people's faces, like get in people's faces a little more, make them uncomfortable, make it hard for them to move the ball and see what happens from there. Like create a little bit of our own havoc. And we do that in the second half we've shown like against wolves. They had in the first half, we had a 0.06 XG. They had a 0.41 in the second half. We had a 1.61 XG. They had a 0.31. So we pretty much made it hard for wolves to do what they wanted to do. And we got a little better doing what we wanted to do. And it's just, and to me, again, the, the thing that changed was us just pressing a little higher. So let's try and do that a little more, a little earlier and just be more purposeful with the ball. And I feel like if we do those two things, we'll we'll find our way to be higher up the pitch and just do more with the ball. Cause we have guys that are good. We just find ourselves not being able to hold onto the ball or find ourselves in, in um, positions that are, that are damaging to the other team. And so if we do a couple of different things, if we just play with a little more intensity, I feel like, and to me, that's like, as we go back to like United, that's the thing that they did today that they didn't do in the two games prior was they were just in Liverpool's face from what it's, I mean, like if, from the beginning, I'm, I'm,
0: I'm, as you were making that uh, explanation, I was thinking of Leeds against Chelsea. I mean, that's how they won the game. They basically just were in Chelsea's face from the very beginning and they kind of just punched them in the mouth.
3: I wonder and we how also much saw that,
0: we also saw Nottingham Forest do that against uh, against United last week. I wonder how much of that is actually
2: like I, we talked about this a lot during the Jose times, right? when our team just kept sitting back and sitting back there on the low block and <clears throat> Jose would say that he, that's not what he's asking his players to do. That's just what they do. I'm wondering if this is a thing on the players that are just not up for it right at the beginning just don't aren't amped up enough, aren't aren't in the game yet or if this is somewhat of a Conte tactic to not press as high to conserve energy or to suss the opponent out a little bit. Or like I said, I wonder how much of it is is a tactical decision versus just, uh, I guess, a mental aspect of the game.
3: I think some of it is tactics. Like Conte has been known to, to try to draw people in and then try to make things happen um, around that. Um, But I think if you go through and you see three games in a row, where just doing that has led to teams like for 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 me it's like if you're going to if you're going to play that game then you have to be better with the ball you have to be able to hold on to it if, if and when you get it you have to be able to hold on to it you can't not just give it away in the midfield and so our midfield has been getting overloaded and we've just been not as intense with our pressing and so for me in the second half you saw Bentenkor and Hoyberg just being just more intense about how they did things like yeah, that's Making my main it question hard for the, the other the teams to play to me. It's just like make it hard for the other team to play if we do that. And it doesn't always have to be high pressing to do that. You can do that in a mid block, but just make it hard for them to play. Like show that you want to be there. <laughs> and I think I heard something I mean, even Chelsea game, like,
0: against us last week. Right. Like, yeah, they weren't pressing that much, but they were also pressing every pass. So it's like they
3: were purposeful when they yeah, had numbers depressing. everywhere. It's just yeah, like, yeah exactly. Was... Overload and, the midfield, and, and I'm really
0: excited to see what Basuma does when he when he gets a few starts. Um, it seems like he's been able to put in a good shift, but we've seen him in, in only spot minutes thus far. I'm assuming with two matches in the, in the next week, um, we'll probably see him start at least one of those, and and I'm ex- I'm excited to see what he does with it.
2: Oh, and uh, just real quick, tiny bit of credit at least for Sanchez. He looked pretty good. He didn't. He didn't look terrible there. Uh, he still doesn't look super comfortable on the ball, but it is really nice to know this is, is that. Is that, that
0: the headline? Sanchez didn't look terrible.
3: <laughs> <laughs> he was okay.
2: No, like, How he about is, that wacky stat defensively staff that he's gone though. Eleven hours. That was a crazy stat it is, was
1: a crazy without stat. without conceding a goal with him. When on the, you
3: when you look at field. the level of opposition, it hasn't been the strongest. We haven't played the strongest teams. Yeah, so but, it's like, a good stat, thing, but like that's the thing,
1: whatever. And we don't know if would be the same would be true for somebody else, whatever. He, he's also maybe have, has played with fire, but it's uh, we can't take that away. No, I, it.
3: I can't. Well, it's like, good and to again, know that... I don't feel nervous when he's on the field anymore. Like I'm quite okay with him playing. I like, when, just not when on when the left. was hurt.
2: Not on the left. Yes.
3: A hundred percent. When Romero got hurt, I was like, I was disappointed obviously because I love Romero as a player and he just brings a different level of competence to the, to the right side but I wasn't like nervous about playing this game because uh, Cootie was like hurt. I so just, that's, like, that, okay. yeah.
2: that's my point overall is it's very nice to know that when basically our best defender, at least most uh, active defender who may or may not be a bit of a lunatic and prone to potential <laughs> red cards or violent actions that cause self-injury might be out from time to time that we do have a, um, you know, a suitable replacement that can step in and actually do the job. I mean, cause he really does not look bad at, right center back as long as he doesn't get in his own head too much he just looks so uncomfortable whenever he's he's asked to, to uh to pass it so it's not not exactly there for the link <laughs> up play but uh I he can, mean, defend. I, Guy can defend. I
3: saw him in the box a couple of times so he's he's trying he's trying <laughs>
2: <laughs> <laughs> that's like Emerson doing a bicycle kick basically same uh same level
3: hey Davinson's gonna find himself he's he's trying to he's doing what Dyer's doing he's getting to the box he's trying to get his head on things and I can't be mad at that
0: I'm there for that for sure well as we look to the to the run-in we've got a match on Sunday uh, another match on Wednesday and then another match on Saturday so it's going to be uh, two matches in four days and three matches in seven days so we're definitely going to see probably a little bit more of Dav a little bit of Do- Doherty a little bit of Basuma, a little bit of Cesignan and Richarlison as well. So I think, you know, just going into the upcoming weekend, we'll have a little time to talk about West Ham and, and Fulham in the upcoming episode. But I think for right now, we need to identify what our predictions are going to be for Nottingham Forest away on Sunday. 2-0. And by the two, I'm thinking. I'm, I'm assuming you uh, mean. Okay, all right. I
1: just want to make so, sure zero <laughs> to two If I'm g- going in the BAP uh, or whatever, but all right, perfect. Yeah, I'm gonna. I'm actually. I'm gonna do
2: the same thing. O two. I'll go with the correct nomenclature here with zero two, but uh, yeah, I think Spurs keep the clean sheet going. Hopefully, get a tiny bit of offense going as well. Um, yeah, I'll go with
0: that. Well, Romero's out and we, we keep a clean sheet as long as he doesn't play, right? So <laughs> Again, Sanchez going for opposition. eight in a row. <laughs> Sanchez keeping the streak, baby.
3: Yeah, I'm I was gonna, it's like everyone's going with the same thing. Like I was gonna go O2 as well. Um, I think we have enough to uh, challenge Forrest. Again, they have proved that they're not they're not a bad team, um, but I just think we have just a little too much quality for them. So I do think we can, we can win there. Yeah. For
0: us a quality side, I think Steve Cooper is a good coach. I think they're going to probably stay up this year. If, if, uh, if everything goes according to plan uh, they've bought basically a brand new team. They have like 14 players in. Um,
1: so I, they don't have a shirt sponsor. Where's this money coming from? Well, have you noticed that well, no shirt sponsor? My boy, yeah. Pellegrini. Out of Chicago, pointed that out to me when they when he was an Everton fan. He was like, "How do they not have a shirt? They've signed fourteen I like that. players. I wish we had no shirt sponsor. They just oh, have weird Like that amazing. seems like a financial fair play issue. Walking right in, Nottingham Forest. You come up and you're able to just front the money to sign fourteen guys. Wait until without- uh, Newcastle has the Saudi income. Arabian flag across their whole. Uh- <laughs> yeah,
0: <laughs> that's a hell of a sponsor.
3: Uh, what's their sponsor right now? Like Fun Eighty Eight.
0: Fun Eighty Eight, baby. <laughs> English Betting Company.
3: Oh man. Gotta get
0: the bets in. Uh I mean O two feels good. I'm gonna go against the grain just to be a little bit different. And I'm gonna say uh, I'm gonna say oh three. Ooh. And Kane scores again. Of he's course. He's gonna have to he's gonna <laughs> have to score a lot of goals to get to 30. <laughs>
2: it's gonna be
3: another set piece. I'm telling you, Kane's gonna have a bunch of set piece goals this year. <laughs>
2: Yeah, yeah. Is, He's, is it Kane or he's is always been
3: someone who's found himself in good positions. It's just, we just haven't had enough guys to give like good delivery. And I, I think now we have Kulisevsky's son and Parisage who can like really whip a ball in. And so I just feel like we just have more options and Kane has been dropping off in midfield as we see when, when a, like open play is happening, but on set pieces and on free kicks, he's up there and he, he has just, like Nathan Collins played well against us. Like he was in like every block that happened. It seemed like he was the guy that was doing it. And the moment he fell asleep, Kane was like, I got to go. And that's the thing he does is the moment you think, okay, I can rest. Kane's like, all right, I'm going to score.
1: You know yeah. what's bonkers about Nottingham Forest? They have a, a league cup game on Tuesday. So they will be hopefully a little bit tired. Um, they're playing a town, a team called Grimsby Town. If you were just to be like, hey, I made up two soccer team names in English soccer, could you come up with anything better than Grimsby Town and Nottingham Forest? No, you can't. Like, those are just, like, they feel made up. It's it's perfect. Nottingham Forest in particular, just because the whole Robin Hood
2: link, right? Yeah. <laughs> I mean, fresh fresh Grim- out of Ted Lasso. Yeah, who's
1: your team? Gr- Grims, Grimsby Town? Grimsby Town? <laughs> Oh, right before
0: we go, I, I want to give a shout out to Arlington Spurs who have been joining DC Spurs. Uh, they joined us this past weekend uh, for the Wolves match and will be joining us for the foreseeable future. Uh, we are glad to have them. We are not so glad uh, for the reason why we're joining them, which is because they had a pretty awful crash at their, their home pub. And so uh, the Irish Channel, which is DC's, DC Spurs home has been gracious enough to host them um, and and they will be joining us for the foreseeable future as as their pub goes gets back um, and renovated and up and running. Um, So I wanted to give them a shout out. And I also am going to uh, drop a link um, on our page as well as under the uh, description for this episode for uh, a GoFundMe for their hometown bar. Uh, to get some renovations and get them back up and running. Um, our thoughts are with you guys. Uh, our thoughts are, are also with everyone who's working at that pub. And, and, and as someone who's been with DC Spurs for a while, and, and, and I, I know the other folks on the pod who are also a part of supporters clubs can also attest, um, the people that work those bars uh, are really – important to our experience watching spurs they are kind of like supporters by proxy um they are there and and kind of make the experience worthwhile and so um although the pub is not necessarily spurs they they house one of our spurs supporters clubs and and we want to see them back up and running so our well wishes are with them as well um and with that said let's let's hopefully get another clean sheet against nottingham forests And come on, you Spurs.
3: Come on, you Spurs. Come on, you Spurs. Come on, you Spurs.